the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Impact is it serves yet again to undermine the trust uh, between the United States and Russia. And as I have said, and the president has said, you know, we're just at a very, very low level of trust between our two countries right now. And so what we're exploring is how do we begin the process of restoring that trust. More details at srnnews.com. I wanted to wish a happy Mother's Day to all those first-time and expecting mothers out in the Twin Cities. Thank you, Mom. Happy Mother's Day. Thanks for your support, Mom. Thanks, Mom, so much for helping me through life's challenges, big and small. You mean so much to me. Thanks, Mom. Thank you, Mom. Happy Mother's Day. Everyone here at AM 1280 The Patriot would like to thank our mothers for their encouragement and support and for helping us learn right from wrong. Thanks, Mom, and happy Mother's Day. AM 1280, The Patriot. I'm Josh Wolf from the Benjamin Franklin Plumbing Weather Center. Happy Mother's Day today. Sunny temps in the 80s. Tomorrow, chance of rain in the afternoon. Highs in the 70s. Looking for a radio station dedicated to your health and wellness? Check out our new sister station, Wellness Radio 1570. Featuring great local and national programs to help you live a healthier life. It's Wellness Radio 1570. Learn more at TwinCitiesWellnessRadio.com. for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T-minus three, two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan. Here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM twelve eighty Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast. We'd like to call the closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. And I'm closing out this weekend's edition of Northern Alliance Radio Network programming. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org, and we are here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. You can also text comments or questions. That number is 651-243-0390 or weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NARN, hashtag N-A-R-N. For any comments or questions regarding today's show content, and as always, we appreciate you tuning into the show. And happy, yes, I would like to uh, bounce off of that and uh, convey my uh, Mother's Day greetings to all of you fantastic moms out there and moms-to-be. Uh, it is your day, and you got and you have a beautiful day. So hopefully you're out enjoying it, and you're listening to this broadcast on the podcast later on, which is perfectly acceptable. Just so you're listening to it at uh, some point. But in all seriousness, happy Mother's Day to you, moms out there, including my mom, uh, Linda, who uh, doesn't listen to my show because she's left of center politically. But uh, I'll, I'll still call her and uh, <laughs> wish her happy Mother's Day, and uh, my my uh, mother-in-law as well. Uh, I actually got together with my mom on Friday. Uh, had a little dinner and uh, time to catch up a little bit. And uh, uh, in lieu of uh, Mother's Day celebration today, because I'm going to head home after today, and uh, uh, my mother-in-law, who lives with us, uh, we're going to have a, a quiet uh, evening with uh, my mother-in-law. So get to, got to both moms this weekend. So uh, I am truly blessed to have the mom and mother-in-law I, I have. That is for certain, and I hope you all feel that same way as well. And uh, call your mom regardless. That's That's all I got to tell you. And maybe at the end of the show, I'll kind of give a little retrospective and kind of a, a perspective of what uh, Mother's Day and, and my mom specifically mean uh, to me. But I uh, want to get to some of uh, the local news from this past week. And, and we are going to obviously, I don't know what more we can add, <coughs> excuse me, to the uh, saga over FBI Director James Comey being fired. But we will address that later on this hour. But I do want to get to some uh, local news from this past week. Uh, we're coming up on uh, to the end of another legislative session, and uh, you know, Governor Dayton, I think, has long mailed it in. I mean, he's not running for a third term, 
So uh, you could argue he's mailed it in pretty much since the day he started, but that's uh, that's a different story entirely. Uh, the Republicans control the legislature, and this past week they offered their uh, they presented an overall budget target uh, offer to uh, Governor Dayton, and. Like I said, I think signing die occurs at midnight a week from today. Okay, so it's coming up quick. And the governor had indicated when these uh, offers were presented that he wasn't going to have a lot of time last week uh, to negotiate. You know, it's like um, you're coming up to a legislative session in a budget year. Wouldn't you think you may want to carve out some time in your schedule? I, I, you know, what, what else you got going on? I don't know. But uh, apparently that uh, he was not even willing to set his own overall budget targets. And I bring all this up because obviously, well, we're coming down into the session, of course. But this is just kind of the behavior he's displayed whenever Republicans have controlled any part of the legislature, whether it was both chambers in the 2011 budget year uh, or one chamber in the 2015 budget year. Okay, obviously, it was all DFL control in 2013, so there really wasn't a whole lot of negotiating to do. The only negotiation between an all-Democrat legislature and the Democrat governor was how much are we going to uh, grow government? Are we going to grow it tremendously or just significantly? Okay, And unfortunately, the Republicans have been complicit when they've had you know, at least partial control of the legislature that they've agreed to grow it uh, somewhat. But, uh, yeah, that, but that doesn't make a very inspiring campaign slogan, does it? Hey, vote Republican will only increase government by a minuscule amount. Okay, that's, that, that doesn't inspire the folks. But, <clears throat> again, I digress. I bring this up because let's take a look back. I, you know, I, I, I went back to my blog archives to see, you know, what I had written pertaining to, you know, some of the budget fights that took place. And in 2011, you know, the Republicans... They were talking initially about going with a uh, a thirty two billion dollar budget where the governor you know had significant amount of tax increases he wanted to put through, so he was thinking more of around thirty seven billion and eventually the Republicans, when they finally came up with their their budget targets they they came in with thirty four billion, which I thought was a mistake because you come in with the lower number and then kind of work toward the middle because thirty four billion is between thirty two and thirty seven obviously. And the Republicans came in and say, "Yeah, thirty-four billion dollars, and we'll, you know, take it or leave it." And it's like you never come in with your final position, you know, right then and there. I mean, there was only rumors uh, that they were talking thirty-two billion dollars in twenty eleven, but it was never really formalized. And of course, uh, the governor eventually kind of agreed in principle to different parts of the uh, the budget. And he was wanting to go with an all-or-nothing approach. If you remember, he, you know, the Republicans were willing to do it piecemeal, you know, because there's several parts of the budget. But the governor wanted all or nothing, and then he pretty much agreed in principle to all parts of the budget. And then at the eleventh hour, decided no, he wasn't going to agree to it, and he was going to try to pin a shutdown on the Republicans in the legislature. And uh, the Republican House got together with just uh, an hours remaining uh, before the. A deadline to shut down government, and the governor never came back to the table. Then, and then government ended up shutting down, and he wanted to pin it on the Republicans. And of course, he used his favorite word: uh, the Republicans are grandstanding. You know, they were grandstanding uh, when they uh, came when they got together in the in the House chamber to try to you know hammer out an agreement. And of course, that was the infamous uh, time in in our recent history where the governor decided to go to on a statewide demagoguery tour and try to blame the Republicans for government being shut down. Isn't it a disgrace that the Republicans are shutting government down? Do you believe that? Basic services are going to be denied. People are not going to be pull, be able to pull over and use a rest stop when they're going on vacation. It's an outrage, outrage, I tell you. And when the governor went to these town halls to demagogue the fact that the Republicans, in his mind, shut down government, people were like, oh, government shut down? Really? When did that happen? And that's when he realized, oh, maybe I better come back to the table. And uh, he ended up signing the budget that basically they had agreed to before he decided to let time lapse and government shut down. And then later on, uh, later on that year, there ended up being a uh, projected surplus. So the Republicans were at least willing to or at least got a commitment from the governor not to raise taxes. So good thing they held firm on that 
increase in taxes in 2011. Let's let's go back to uh, 2015. 2015, that was another interesting budget fight. The governor was going to, the hill he was going to die on was added spending for pre-K, for uh, his pre-K plan for four-year-olds. And I'll read from a, uh, I believe this was a, yeah, this was an NPR story back in 2015. In the final hours of the legislative session, Dayton said he uh, offered to sign all of the other budget bills and even drop the pre-K plan. In exchange, he wanted Republicans to agree to spend $125 million more on other education items. Uh, The Republicans ended up uh, uh, rejecting both offers. So the budget that was passed, and again, the Democrats controlled the House in the 2015, or excuse me, the Democrats controlled the Senate during the 2015 session, and the Republicans controlled the House. So... The final budget with this education proposal put forth that did not include funding for pre-K, nor did it include an extra $125 million on other education items, it was passed with bipartisan support. Of the 201 legislators between the House and Senate, there were 91 Republicans and 32 Democrats who voted for that education bill without the governor's pet projects. Okay? So it that is legitimate bipartisan support. And the governor still decided to veto that particular budget, and and ended up, it ended up, government ended up shutting down, and they had to go to a special session in order to get forth a, a final budget, and or not not a shutdown, a special session. Excuse me, a special session ended up having to result to to spe, to uh, pass a budget. So it's pretty clear that it was Governor Dayton who wanted the special session because the final budget was passed with overwhelmingly bipartisan support. And guess what? He basically ended up approving that budget that was passed by the legislature. So there didn't even need to be a special session, but yet one resulted because the governor was insistent on pre-K funding, didn't get it, and ended up uh, he ended up blinking first. So are we going to see a repeat of this again this time around, are we? Are, are is government going to going to shut down because the governor won't come to the table and he'll basically uh, at the eleventh hour veto these uh, proposals and then try to throw the Republicans under the bus? I mean, he really doesn't have anything to lose politically uh, because he's not running for third term, and it's pretty obvious he didn't have anything to lose politically in his first term because he ended up being reelected in twenty fourteen. But that's another story entirely. But this is just kind of. Uh, this has kind of been the trademark of Governor Mark Dayton throughout his uh, uh, his tenure. And I've kind of uh, I have a blog series called Our Perpetually Petulant Governor. And I forget what part we're up to, but I you know, what, whatever part number I assign it to is uh, relates to the number of days he's been governor. So I think he's been he, his total uh, tenure has been six and a half years now. So if I'm going to do uh, kind of do some math in my head. Oh gosh, that's about twenty three, twenty four hundred days. So our perpetually petulant governor part, like number twenty four hundred or something like that. So, uh, anyways, I was hoping to get some uh, uh, state legislators in uh, uh, today to maybe talk about the uh, talk about this. Uh, in fact, I was uh, I was thought about reaching out to our uh, our friend uh, Karen Housley, but uh, uh, turns out she's uh, she's a little busy. Uh, her uh, her husband, assistant coach Phil Housley, coaches the Nashville Predators, and they're in the NHL's Western Conference Finals. And I think Game Two is in Anaheim tonight, so I think Senator Senator Housley is otherwise uh, indisposed, but she's promised to come back on the broadcast. So uh, maybe we'll get her on to talk the end of session as well as uh, maybe the, the Predators being the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, I, I know producer Brandon's a Preds fan, so I know he's all over that one. He, he definitely would be all over that uh, particular proposition. So, but in all seriousness, uh, we'll definitely something we will definitely keep an eye upon and uh, report on further next Sunday. Six five one two eight nine four four eight eight is the number to call. You can also text comments or questions six five one two four three zero three nine zero. Or weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NARN. That's hashtag N-A-R-N. Brad Carlson, the closer, right here on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere. Looks like a road that you travel on. There's one day and the next day gone. Sometimes you bend, sometimes you stand. Sometimes you turn your back to the wind. There's a world outside the Join Gene Sullivan each week on Where You Live, where he takes on... Uh, Gene, who do you take on anyway? 
Maniacal landlords, slippery renters, overbearing HOA boards, demanding homeowners. Oh, and the legislative lunacy brought on by local politicians wanting to fix everything for us. It's a common sense perspective on the news and stories that affect you the most right where you live. Join Gene Sullivan every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on AM 1280, The Patriot. You've worked hard all your life and provided for your family. You've been active in your community and your faith. You've volunteered, donated, and given to worthy causes. Now it's time to let us help you with our legacy and estate planning services. Nepsis Capital Management has over 20 years of experience building legacy and estate plans that are custom designed around our clients' specific needs and wishes. Taking the first step is easy. Call us at 952-746-2003 or visit our website at nepsiscapital.com. Our advisors and financial planners will walk you through our no-cost, no-obligation legacy and estate planning review. We look at your complete financial picture from financial assets to real estate to life insurance. So we truly understand your unique situation. Gain the peace of mind that only comes from knowing your family is well taken care of. Call us at 952-746-2003 or visit our website at nepsiscapital.com. You've worked hard all your life. We make creating a legacy and estate plan easy. Call Nepsis Capital Management at 952-746-2003 or visit our website at nepsiscapital.com. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. Do you have a family? Would you like to help make sure they'll be taken care of if anything were to happen to you? If you answered yes, you probably need life insurance. Now, do you think life insurance is expensive? If you answered yes to that, too, you definitely need to give AIG Direct a call. We could find you a quarter of a million dollar policy for just $14 a month, which means you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Call us now for a free, no obligation quote. 1-800-930-2646. Since 1995, we've helped millions of people find out if they could save up to 70% on their term life insurance. See how affordably we can help you protect your family. Call AIG Direct now for your free quote. 1-800-930-2646. You could save up to 70%. That's 1-800-930-2646. 1-800-930-2646. Stop drooling over the pictures of beautiful garage floors on the Zone Garage website and pick up the phone. Zone Garage can install your very own stunning polyurea-coated garage floor in under a day for less than you think. It's durable, comes in a wide array of colors, and it's easy to clean. Great for residential or commercial floors. Log on to ZoneGarageMN.com and get rid of your cracked and dusty floor today. Schedule your free estimate by May 31st and get up to $500 off. Call 651-485-0409. Online at ZoneGarageMN.com. Hey, welcome back, AM twelve eighty, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. It is me, Brad Carlson, the closer, closing out this week's edition of Northern Alliance Radio Network programming. You can catch my friend and colleague Mitch Berg on these very airwaves, AM twelve eighty, the Patriot, every Saturday from one to three p.m. And also on our sister station, AM 1440, the businessman is King Banyan for the King Banyan Show. Again, that's Saturdays, 9 to 11 a.m. Together we are the Northern Alliance Radio Network, dominating weekend conservative political talk for, let me do my math here, over 13 years now. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in the broadcast. And hey, I hope to see a lot of you folks out at the 100 Days event a week from today. Hard to believe that's coming up next week already, but yes, a week from today, Hugh Hewitt and Dennis Prager will be in town to have an honest discussion about the first 100 days of the Donald Trump presidency. This particular event will be moderated by Ed Morrissey. We're planning on having a great dinner uh, beforehand, and uh, then we're going to uh, commence with the discussion And it should be a a very fascinating discussion. Now, technically, we're at 114 days now. So by next week at this time, we'll be three weeks past the 100 days. So I don't know if they're just going to talk about the first 100 days or we'll be the first 121 days because, well, a lot's going on past the 100-day mark in the Donald Trump presidency. As we could pretty much anticipate, there will always be some uh, interesting news items in the Donald Trump administration. But uh, anyways, we look forward to seeing you, the listeners, who were fortunate enough to get out there and get your tickets like we told you to do. Because again, we told you from day one, this event was going to sell out. We weren't trying to, uh, you know, play some sort of game where we were kind of trying to reel you in or anything. We knew this was going to sell out, and it did. So if you didn't get tickets, 
what can I tell you? You snooze, you lose. But be aware for future Patriot events coming up. Uh, I've heard some rumors. I'm not going. I'm not much into rumor mongering, so I'm not going to say what rumors have been coming through the pipeline. But uh, rest assured, uh, the next time you hear of a Patriot event, you're going to want to get your tickets right away because if these rumors are true. Uh, I very much am looking forward to the next big Patriot event that will take place after next week's. But uh, either way, we hope to uh, see you folks uh, next week, those of you who got your tickets. It's going to be a fun night, uh, no question about it. Continuing with some news in local politics, another entrant into the 2018 Minnesota gubernatorial race. This from Rachel Stassenberger at the Pioneer Press. Republican Jeff Johnson is vying again. For the seat, Democrat Governor Mark Dayton kept him from winning in 2014. The Hennepin County Commissioner, who won 45% of the vote to Dayton's 50% last time, hit a populist message announcing Wednesday morning that he will run for governor in 2018. I'm running to give Minnesotans more control over their lives, Johnson said in an interview with the Pioneer Press. Pretty straightforward. In an announcement video, he portrayed the Democratic Farmer Labor Party as one of tuxedo-wearing, champagne-swilling swells that support the, quote, swamp of cronyism and political favors, close quote. Uh, I like I like Jeff Johnson personally. Let's just, uh, for purposes of full disclosure, uh, he was not the candidate I supported initially when we were going through the Republican uh, endorsement process. I was a Dave Thompson supporter. Uh, Dave had committed to abide by the Republican Party endorsement, and when Dave did not receive it, uh, and Jeff Johnson was the endorsed candidate, I had made a pledge to, because I was a delegate, I had made a pledge to support whomever was the endorsed candidate, and that ended up being Jeff Johnson, and uh, the other candidates outside of Dave Thompson also decided to go to a primary, and Jeff Johnson also prevailed victorious in the primary or emerged victorious in the primary, and then, of course, uh, ended up losing in the general election to Governor Dayton. Uh, Hopefully, you know, again, I like Jeff, and if he ends up being the Republican candidate, it's not even a question. He's going to get my support because uh, whomever, because the Democrats, who they have on their side, uh, St. Paul Mayor Chris Coleman, uh, State Representative Tina Liebling, State Representative Aaron Murphy, State Auditor Rebecca Otto, and Representative Tim Waltz, it's not even a question. Jeff Johnson's going to be the guy I support if indeed he's the candidate and one of those DFLers ends up being the candidate. Like I say, I'll never support a Democrat. Uh, never, ever. So that goes without saying. My only hope is, is that Jeff Johnson learned a lot from his 2014 campaign and kind of the things he's been saying in the subsequent years since that election loss indicates to me that he has learned some things. Now, whether he's able to you know, properly executed is another story entirely. Some of the biggest issues I had is the messaging just seemed to be very unfocused and or lacking. And a couple of instances I can recall is like, obviously, he was speaking out against the Viking Stadium deal. You know, that that hit the taxpayers pretty hard. And we were sold a bill of goods because the electronic pull tabs pulled in none of the revenue that was projected to pull in to offset the, the cost of the stadium. So it, it's going to probably co- it's going to end up cost even costing even more than it uh, anticipated. But part of his messaging was to I think he had indicated that Vikings owner Ziggy Wolf was under some sort of criminal investigation in New Jersey, and he's and the messaging was something along the lines of, "Well, where we gave money to someone who's under criminal investigation in New Jersey," which it wasn't quite true. Okay. And so, therefore, you detract what could be an effective message because obviously, Pipperick's going to, fo- because, you know, media is going to come out and say, well, that's not necessarily true. And I'm not piling on the media here. I'm certainly no friend of the media. I'm certainly not complimentary to the media a lot. But, you know, that's a legitimate news story. When you basically, in your campaign message, point out something that isn't quite true. And of course, mining. Mining was another big issue here in this state. And he made some statements about, uh, the mining up in uh, obviously up in the Iron Range that I think it was some officials from Polymet even came out and indicated weren't quite true. So that was the issue there is that there were some statements or messaging that was made that was either unfocused or not on point. And there were a lot of his campaign surrogates with whom that I interacted on Twitter. It wasn't contentious or anything, 
But some of the things that they were saying on, on social media uh, kind of gave me the impression like, you know, if we're going to go against a machine like the Alliance for Better Minnesota that's going to pump money in support of the DFL candidate, plus Mark Dayton's going to have a few bucks in and of itself. Um, what we're presenting as combating that is is kind of amateur hour, not going to lie. So those are some of the issues that, uh, that I had from his uh, campaign. Uh, I'll read a quote from Jeff Johnson from his uh, from this Pioneer Press story, the Republicans who are going to make this decision know what to expect from me, know how hard I will work, know I won't wilt under the pressure. And yeah, that that's all true. But again, I get back to, well, the work ethic, working hard, we know that's not the issue, but, you know, will the, will, will you work smart? Will you be more efficient with the time? And, and some of the other issues that cropped up, like his running mate, uh, Bill Queasley. Now, typically, a lieutenant governor candidate is not going to have much of an impact on the campaign unless they proverbially step in it, okay? And Bill Bill Queasley, I remember a couple of times when Jeff Johnson chose him as his running mate, he would say things like, well, I, you know, I kind of been out of the game for a little bit. I, I can't believe he chose me. You know, I, 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 you know, I just can't believe he chose me. You know, even if you do believe that, that's not something that's going to instill a lot of faith in independent voters because, let's face it, if you're a Republican running in a statewide election, you're going to need some independent voters. And if you're on the ticket and, you, and you're saying things like, I can't believe I was selected to be part of this ticket, okay, that's not going to instill a lot of confidence. Okay, again, I say again, a lieutenant governor candidate is not going to have a huge impact unless they say something dumb. All right? Let, let's And we need to look no further than uh, back in 2006 when – uh, Mike Hatch, who was one of the more dreadful candidates to ever run for uh, governor on the DFL side, and that's saying something, uh, he basically threw his lieutenant governor candidate under the bus, Judy Dutcher, because she was asked a question about E85 down in farm country. E85 is, of course, the, of course, the uh, ethanol-based gasoline that comprises of 85% ethanol, and she didn't know what it was when she was asked about E85. Okay, And I'm not saying that's the sole reason that Hatch lost. I mean, Hatch himself was a dreadful candidate. So... That certainly had a lot to do with it, but nevertheless, that was uh, that was cited by Hatch himself as one of the reasons, and it certainly didn't help in some of these rural farm areas, like I said. So, like I said, I like Johnson personally and enthusiastically, and um, you know, I enthusiastically supported him in 2014 once he became the candidate. But you know, at this point, and some and uh, other people have said this too. Uh, I believe the best candidate at least on the Republican side, is yet to get in the race. Uh, who that will be, yeah, you know, speculation abounds. But I can tell you who's in the race thus far. Um, Chris Chamberlain, he's a Republican. I actually heard him speak uh, at my BPOU meeting that we had to elect state central delegates. This was, I think, back in February, March time frame. Don't remember the exact time frame, but uh, Chris Chamberlain... Um, I'll, the only thing I'll say about Chris Chamberlain he, is he sounded like a male version of A.J. Kern. For those of you who know what A.J. Kern's basic message was during her congressional run against Tom Emmer in CD6, take that for what you will. Uh, State Representative Matt Dean, who has been the uh, uh, majority leader in the past, I like Matt Dean a lot. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I definitely, uh, for me, it's between Matt Dean and Jeff Johnson of the declared candidates, but again, I'm still keeping my options wide, wide open. Uh, Ramsey County Commissioner Blake Huffman, ah, no thanks. Uh, Philip Parrish, who made a, an impression at the 2014 convention when he was running for U.S. Senate, uh, he actually was kind of a dark horse candidate and made a surprise showing on the first ballot for endorsement uh, because he gave a, a fantastic speech, but he ended up uh, fading away. And, you know, he's not a serious statewide, statewide candidate. And uh, Ole Savior is what you call a perennial candidate. Uh, no. So and then uh, oh yeah Jeffrey Wharton Jeffrey Wharton whom I'm not uh, all that familiar with uh, he's also uh, a candidate that's got in so like I say of that list I believe the best candidate has yet to declare who that will be well once they declare we'll certainly uh, talk more about it and go more in depth into their campaign six five one two eight nine four four eight eight is the number to call you can text comments or questions six five one two four three zero three nine zero or weigh in via Twitter hashtag narn hashtag n a r n Brad Carlson, The Closer, right here on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere. 
Ox Heating and Air. Call Blue Ox Heating and Air now for their legendary $49 preseason air conditioner tune-up. And if your AC unit needs repair, the tune-up fee counts toward the cost. Ask about the Blue Ox No Breakdown All Summer Guarantee. Call for complete details. That's 7634 Blue Ox. Or find them online at GoBlueOx.com. Blue Ox Heating and Air. Legendary service. Install and repair. We'll fix anything with legendary care. Next paint project, why settle for a new coat of paint? Try a new coat of armor. Glidden Diamond Paint and Primer at the Home Depot, starting at only $23.98 a gallon. When put to the test, Glidden Diamond stood up to 2,500 scrubs. That's a lot of soccer balls, muddy pets, and fingerprints. And that's one tough coat. We're pouring more into paint with unbeatable prices on scrubbable Glidden Diamond Paint and Primer from only $23.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing, U.S. only. Finances were not designed to bust our marriages, but build our marriages. That's Chris Brown talking about money from a biblical perspective. There's a world's way of handling money that's rooted in entitlement, and there's God's way of handling money that is rooted in contentment and gratitude. Got a money issue you need help with? Listen to Chris Brown's True Stewardship, managing God's blessings God's way for God's glory. Listen to Chris Brown's True Stewardship, weekday afternoons at 2 on AM 980, The Mission. As parents, one of our greatest concerns for our children is that they get a great education that leads to great opportunity. But too often these days, students have a hard time learning and really understanding math. My daughter was really having a hard time with math. She was very uncomfortable. She just couldn't learn. She decided that she just couldn't learn it, and so she just sort of shut down. At Mathnasium, math experts tutor students using a proprietary and effective curriculum that is tailored to their individual needs, helping students catch up and get ahead in math. I had heard that they had a good result for people who came in, and we are living proof that that is true. At the end of the term, she had an A. She feels good about what she did because she got the A. I mean, the tutor doesn't come to the test with you. She is learning that she can do it herself, and it's all thanks to Mathnasium. To see how Mathnasium can empower your child to a better education and better future, visit Mathnasium.com. That's Mathnasium.com. At Mathnasium, we make math make sense. You work hard for your money, so make sure your money is working hard for you. Our sister station, Business 1440, brings you financial advice from pros like Dave Ramsey, Bill Gunderson, and the Twin Cities' own financial fortitude and investing for success. With up-to-the-minute market updates, real estate tactics, and tips on investing and saving, Business 1440 will keep more of that hard-earned cash in your pocket. Learn more and listen live at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. things we used to do, it really meant a lot to me. You mean a lot to me. I really mean that much to you? Girl, you know it's true. I was wondering what they were getting at there. <laughs> hey, hey, M1280, the Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Now, were those actors' voices faked as well as the singing voices? <laughs> I kid, I kid. We don't need to pile on me living in LA any longer. Hey, glad you could join us. It is me, Brad Carlson. Again, check out my blog, bradcarlson.org. And also available to take your phone calls, 651-289-4488. You can also check out uh, the broadcast via Twitter, hashtag NARN, hashtag NARN, for any comments or questions on today's show content. The big, the uh, news story that consumed much of the national news this past week was, of course, President Donald Trump's decision to fire FBI Director James Comey, a move that uh, seemed long overdue, according to many uh, congressional Democrats. And once the move actually happened, uh, some of them went into retreat mode and qu- openly questioning why uh, President Trump would fire FBI Director Comey. And in the aftermath of that firing, there's been a lot of uh, speculation on both sides as to why this took place and a lot of he said, she said, where the uh, Justice Department denies that there was a request made by Director Comey for more funding into the uh, Russia meddling in our 2016 election. So here to talk more about all things FBI Director Comey, or I guess former FBI Director Comey, is our favorite political wonk, Matt Makoviak. Again, be sure to check out his fantastic podcast, MacOnPolitics.com. That's M-A-C-K, MacOnPolitics.com. If you're not checking out that podcast, you're just letting the best on the Internet pass you by. That is for certain. Uh, Matt Makoviak, always great to have you in the broadcast today. How are you, sir? 
Hey, Brad, I'm doing great. Thanks so much. You bet. Uh, glad to talk to you as always. I guess uh, we'll get right into it. As I alluded to, uh, President Donald Trump decided to fire FBI Director uh, James Comey. There's been a lot of speculation on this, Matt. One uh, saying the catalyst for President Trump making this decision was for the uh, when Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein had made a recommendation via letter, and then there's been subsequent stories that have come out that said Deputy A.G. Rosenstein uh, was considering resigning over being considered the catalyst for this firing, and then Trump backed off of that and saying, well, no, I made this decision long ago. I'm just announcing it now. Uh, I mentioned also that Democrats were questioning the timing of this firing. I, I understand that they've wanted Comey fired for a long time for thinking it cost Hillary Clinton the election, but uh, Matt, do you agree? Do you think that they're the Democrats are necessarily out of line for questioning the timing? Because I think both can exist. They wanted him fired, and they can also question the timing. Yeah, look, I mean, I I think that uh, you know the White House has really made quite a mess here. Yeah, uh, and I didn't I didn't think that in the in the hours, immediate hours, you know, after the firing, I, you know, I initially took took the word uh, that, that the Rosenstein memo was the. Um, the justification of this on face value. I took that word on face value, but you know, we had this this stunning you know development. Uh, I believe it was the, the the day after the firing, where he was interviewed by Lester Holt, or I guess it was two days later, uh, where President Trump said no that that the Rosenstein memo wasn't the justification that he had already decided to fire him. Right. So you know, I, I agree with you that I mean the first thing you could you could say is if you could say to, you know to the Democrats, well you know what day. On what day since January 20th, 2017, would it have been acceptable to Democrats that Trump could fire the FBI director? Sure. And, and the answer is there is none. So, so there, and, and Trump actually said that, I think, to, to Lester Holt, that there's, there was never a good time. And I think he's right about that. Um, and, and there was some reporting that the White House, you know, was, was, was waiting to have Rosenstein in place as the deputy attorney general, since the attorney general recused himself in the Russia matter, uh, so that he could do a re- review of the FBI director. Uh, and so he'd been in office, I think, 15 days when 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 President Trump uh, decided to fire uh, Comey. So, but there's so much about how the White House has handled this that is just so so amateurish, and, and you have to place, you know, I don't know, 95, 97 percent of the blame with the president. They're giving his communications team a one hour heads up. Uh, the, the changing, you know, reasoning for why this happened. Um, you know, sending out his two spokes per, per, uh, people first, uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, and then then Sean Spicer out to to explain why this happened, and then having the president um, give give a different justification and effectively undermine their justification uh, when they'd gone out there at the, at the podium uh, at the briefing. Uh, you know, it's just, it, and then of course, you know, he seems to be so he seemed to be sort of unhinged on Friday morning when he started when he out of nowhere brought up this ta- this potential taping system. Yes, um, which brings up all kinds of, of of issues, legal issues, and questions. And so, I don't know, Brad. I, you know, I, I generally, you know, find myself in agreement with with the Trump administration. I don't know, eighty percent of the time on major policy issues, but in this case, there's so much here that's concerning. This was an unforced error. It was terribly handled. The president's made it worse, and now he's thinking about firing his staff and blaming them for a decision he made uh, in a situation that he created. Is it? I know that people win. Uh, part of the rationale for people that supported Trump basically from day one and then on through the general election and then now that he is president is the fact that he's not the uh, old-school, typical Washington politician, hence the drain-the-swamp uh, slogan that they went with during the campaign and some people say well the fact that trump is not a political guy doesn't uh, take politics into account that's a feature not a bug but uh could s- someone being a little more politically savvy maybe i i would think could have probably read this better matt mccoviak because i i was hearing rumblings that they didn't think that that would cause this much political fallout i mean could they be that blind to that fact matt i mean yeah. uh, that was honestly uh, in, in, in a stunning week you know that was maybe the most stunning development, perhaps, apart from perhaps the taping issue, the taping system issue. Right, right. The what the word that the White House was, the senior staff of the White House and the president were were, were surprised uh, by the by the by the fallout. Um, you know, look, it's only ever happened once before in our nation's history that a president has fired an FBI director. 
uh, Clinton did it in the 90s, and it was it was over a travel scandal uh, over a, the FBI director using uh, 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 taxpayer dollars for personal travel. And that, that was after a six-month investigation, a six-month review of, of his actions. Um, so I, I guess they thought, you know, look, the Democrats have been uh, attacking Comey for months. If I fire him, they'll, they'll, they'll welcome it. Um, again, so, so that, that that's really stunning. Um, you know, I was thinking, I was musing about this this week. You know, would there is there a way that Trump could have fired Comey that would have uh, that, that would have been acceptable? And had he made the decision to fire Comey based on his testimony the week before, uh, or the the review that the attorney, deputy attorney general had had, had conducted? He could have brought the top Republican and the top Democrat from the U.S. Senate, McConnell and Schumer, into the Oval Office and say, listen, I'm inclined to fire Comey, but I don't want to do it unless you both agree and are willing to stand by, stand with me publicly uh, and agree. And I'd like to have the three of us also agree on a successor, and I want to announce that person uh, together as well. If that, I mean, maybe, that's, maybe I'm being naive, uh, like, like they were being naive sure. and thinking there wouldn't be fallout, Brad, but you, know, you can imagine a scenario where perhaps they could have done that. They could have announced it perhaps in that way, and they announced Merrick Garland uh, as a successor or some someone else who's really truly nonpartisan and, and deeply respected. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I I understand why the White House is frustrated. The Democrats spent basically every day in the middle of last year decrying James Comey's tenure as FBI director and, and calling for him to be fired. And that they sort of, you know, opposed it the precise second that Trump decided to announce it. But boy, the White House is really badly mangled uh, and, and messed up uh, the execution of this with the differing justifications. The president's own words, you know, again his Twitter account causing all kinds of controversy and raising questions. And now, the risk is now we're now in a situation where, where, where questions of a cover up are are quite a bit more legitimate than they were a week ago. Sure. Um, you know, we now have questions about what did Trump and Comey discuss in person at their dinner on January 27th and on two subsequent phone calls about the investigation. We now have questions about this taping system. If it exists, if it exists, that's government property. If the White House were to destroy it, that would be a crime. Um, I mean, there, there's so many questions now. And so this is going to consume official Washington for the next few weeks, next few months, at a time when, the Trump at White House and, and the administration and the, and the uh, Capitol Hill Republicans want to move on health care, want to move on tax reform, want right. to move their agenda, and want to do so in a way where the midterm elections give their candidates, uh, you know, a reasonable chance to win so they can hold the House and the Senate. So there's there's a lot at stake here, and Republicans up on Capitol Hill continue to sort of, you know, uh, be in a position where they have to defend the White House, and I think maybe this is a bridge too far. No question. Uh, again, we're talking with a uh, political wonk, uh, Matt Makoviak. Uh, Matt, one of the uh, uh, rash, one of the uh, you know, you could say conspiracy theorists, but there are also uh, Democrat members of Congress saying this that the reason Trump fired uh, Director Comey was because that perhaps he was starting to make headway on Russia, or he was he would not get off the the Russia issue, and thus he was fired. But uh, aren't Aren't field agents? Aren't is that investigation is still going on? Isn't it? I mean this doesn't scuttle the the Russia investigation just because he fired the FBI director, does it? Or am I am I misreading something? No, no question. And, and honestly, you know, if if Trump really decided to fire Comey because he thought doing so would uh, would jeopardize the Russia investigation or, or could give it a, a, a chance to to you know uh, slow it down or stop it or turn it in a different direction. I mean, that would be the most naive thing he possibly uh, could, could have could have believed. Sure. Uh, the FBI director, you know, at some level, he oversees this investigation, but he has, yeah, I don't know, at this point, dozens probably of, of investigators and prosecutors that are looking into this in a, a number of field offices around the country that are collecting evidence. We know they're collecting evidence in Virginia. We know they're collecting evidence in New York. Uh, this is probably, they're, they're, I'm sure there are FBI agents overseas that, that are looking into this. So firing one person, as the acting uh, uh, director said uh, this week on Capitol Hill at a, at a hearing, uh, doesn't doesn't change the investigation. You know, it, 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 was, it existed the day before he was fired, the day he was fired, and the following day. Uh, so if that was truly the goal, that would have been, you know, quite stunning. And, of course, now... Uh, if they were announced some new FBI director and that person out of nowhere announced either the end of the Russian investigation or somehow cleared Trump, 
it's going to be viewed with tremendous skepticism. Sure. Uh, and that, that, that in and of itself could, could, could trigger you know, a deeply divisive uh, controversy uh, here in, in our country. So, but I will also say that, that uh, you know, there, were, there, were, there was a lot of false information floating around this week in, 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 in uh, light of this news. You know, there was a report that, that Comey had asked for more resources and more personnel. Well, Acting Director McCabe testified under oath that that's not true. Really? That request was not made and that he, he believes they have the resources. Okay. And the first now necessary to justify to to, to investigate this. Uh, former uh, Director Comey, uh, he was given the opportunity next week to, to testify, I believe, before the Senate Judiciary Committee. He ultimately uh, declined that invitation. Has he gone on record indicating why he declined that, or if if he hasn't? My, yeah, my understanding my understanding is he was asked to testify in private, okay. probably in a classified setting. He declines that. I got you. And that he is willing to, t- to testify publicly. Okay. And from his perspective, I can understand why he, why he might feel that way. I mean, he, he obviously has been maligned here uh, with Trump calling him a showboat and, and everything else. Uh, and, and of course, questions about what he said, you know, whether he, whether he told the president he wasn't under investigation on three occasions, as President Trump said. So he, he may want to come out publicly and say that. That's my understanding as to why he declined to, to, to testify, because it was going to be a private hearing. Okay. Uh, one final question. I guess we'll move forward now that uh, Director Comey is, is out of the picture. You had indicated in a Washington Times piece this past week uh, that it probably would be behoove the Trump administration to go with someone that wouldn't require just a party-line vote, because obviously because of the nuclear option that Harry Reid had invoked a few years ago, that it would just need a simple majority in the Senate. And given that Republicans have the majority, anybody that Trump would appoint would likely be uh, put through. But you're, you, may, you contend, Matt, that uh, uh, President Trump should go with someone that could get uh, bipartisan support, that is 70 to 80 Senate votes. Uh, who are some of the names that you think uh, might be floated forward or you would recommend be uh, floated as, uh, as the new FBI director, Matt McCoviak? Yeah, I wrote that on Thursday morning, and of course, over the weekend, we we learned the Justice Department uh, interviewed eight different candidates uh, for for this position, and, and so there's a lot of names floating around. Um, you know, you know, I think that uh, someone like Ray Kelly would be a great choice, former NYPD commissioner, uh, someone who's had bipartisan support in the past, has never really been partisan. Uh, I specifically suggested Michael uh, Luddick. Uh, a very deeply respected federal judge who was a, a finalist for the Supreme Court uh, in the Bush years. Uh, you know, th- there's the, I saw, I think Charles Crowdhammer suggested Condi Rice or Colin Powell as perhaps an interim appointment that could just conduct the Russian investigation and, 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 and then be done. I love the choice of Merrick Garland. Some of the Democrats have obviously, you know, think a lot of. Uh, sure. You know, I think that that would be a, a tremendous choice as well. Um you know, but I think there's others. You know, I think even though John Cornyn would be viewed by some as a partisan choice, I think he would be a, a good choice as well. Uh, former Attorney General Texas, former state Supreme Court Justice, uh, understands law enforcement, understands the judiciary, deeply respected and ethical and honest. I think he'd be a fine choice. I think Mike Rogers, the former House Intelligence Committee chairman and a former FBI agent, would be a great choice as well. So I think they have some good choices here. My hope is, and it doesn't appear they're doing this, that Trump's not going to put, try to put a, a loyalist in there, uh, sure. a Giuliani or a Christie, someone that he thinks will be, quote, loyal to him. We keep hearing he's asking people for, for FBI director or, or he's seeking loyalty. That is not what this job is about. Uh, you want to have, you know, your interior secretary be, be loyal to you, fine. FBI director is one of the two most independent uh, jobs in our government, uh, apart from, from judicial openings. FBI director and, and attorney general are supposed to be the most independent jobs that we have. And the FBI director is so, is so important that it's a 10-year appointment. Right. It's intended to be something that, that lasts beyond even a two-term presidency. So, you know, I, I do think, given how divisive this week has been, uh, it would be a wonderful thing if he, if he went with a truly unifying, nonpartisan choice, one that could perhaps, if they do well in their confirmation hearing, get 70 or 80 votes. Whether that's even possible in this extremely hyper-partisan environment we're living in today, I don't know. Once again, we are joined by Matt Mikoviak, Political Wonk. Again, check out his fantastic podcast, MacOnPolitics.com. That's M-A-C-K, MacOnPolitics.com. You're definitely going to want to check out the most recent one where Matt discusses, obviously, the Comey firing with former Department of Justice spokesperson 
uh, Matt Miller, uh, among others. Again, check that out uh, as often as he posts these uh, particular podcasts. Matt, always a pleasure to be joined by you. Thanks, as always, for your insights, and uh, have a great rest of the day. Thanks, Brad. Take care. AM 1280, The Patriot. Sometimes what you want most from your car is nothing. No headaches, no surprises, no anxiety when it's late at night and you're on some distant freeway in a thunderstorm. Owning a certified pre-owned Mercedes-Benz can be that anxiety-free experience on every level. You know you're in one of the safest and most thoughtfully engineered vehicles on the road. And with an unlimited mileage warranty, you can drive as far as you want for up to three years with roadside assistance included. Your sense of confidence and adventure are as unlimited as the warranty itself. Now you can drive the car of your dreams and realize that nothing is everything. And during the certified pre-owned sales event going on now through May 31st, you can receive two years of complimentary prepaid maintenance and special financing available through Mercedes-Benz Financial Services. Only at your authorized Mercedes-Benz dealer. You've waited long enough. See your authorized Mercedes-Benz dealer for complete details and limitations on certified pre-owned warranties. Are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Posting your job in one place isn't enough to find quality candidates. If you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job on all the top job sites. And now you can. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll in to ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Quickly screen candidates, rate them, and hire the right person fast. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by over 400,000 businesses. And right now, listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash America. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash America. One more time. To try it for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash America. I'm sure glad you're my sister, Addie. Yep, you're my best buddy. Mom says you were their little surprise. What would we do without you? Well, you'll probably get your own gum. Yeah, that's true, but you're worth it. Hello, my name is Carrie. I work with Pro-Life Across America, the billboard people. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives to abortion or needs post-abortion assistance or would like to support the life-saving work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773 or check us out online at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America, educational, non-political, and tax-deductible. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Pro-Life Across America, the Billboard people. Then, as it becomes easier for you, play the record once a day or as needed. I guess I decided to go with songs where there's like a monologue ahead of it. Hey, AM 12 to the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. Me, Brad Carlson. Final few minutes of the broadcast. Hey, happy Mother's Day to all you awesome moms out there. And especially to my mom, Linda. I've told my story on this show quite often that I was uh, raised by my mother uh, she was a single mom uh, at uh, when I was age three and my brother was age one. My mom and dad divorced, and mom was a single parent and did it pretty much entirely on her own. And uh, she had some help with uh, from her mother as well. So, uh, in a sense, I was kind of raised by my mother and and my uh, grandmother. But my mom was a type uh, didn't like to use a lot of words. You know, didn't never sat my brother and I down and decided to explain how you know, some of the basic tenets of life or anything like that. She was just an example. She didn't bemoan her circumstances. And believe me, she she had some tough circumstances, no doubt about it. I mean, like I say, being 30 years old, being thrust into the world of single parenthood and not being ready to go back to work quite yet. She was working at 3M Corporation before my brother and I were born. And then when my brother and I were born, the plan was, you know, for her to take a few years to raise my brother and I. And then once we got to kindergarten, you know, both of us, that uh, she would go back to work. Well, uh, after a couple of years of being divorced and, you know, having and having to rely on some assistance uh, from outside help, 
she decided to go back to work when I was in kindergarten. My younger brother was three, and and it was a it was a tough year when I was in kindergarten, where we would walk three blocks to the babysitter's house. She'd drop us off, take a bus from Highland Park to downtown St. Paul, and then transfer from downtown St. Paul to 3M. We did that for an entire school year. And let me tell you, uh, 5.30 in the morning for two little kids is pretty early, and having to walk a few blocks in Minnesota winters to the babysitters, uh, leaving when it's in the dark, coming home when it's in the dark, uh, it was a tough time. And that's... There, I got so many great memories from my mother and so many wonderful lessons that she's taught me. But that's one thing that really stands out to me is the fact that she did what needed to be done and didn't bemoan her circumstances. And I bring this up quite often on the show, especially during these uh, women's protests. I'm not trying to belittle uh, the issues that, that women have today because there are still some issues which women are having to endure. And it's not fair. And we need to eradicate those. But those women who are out in the streets bemoaning the fact that the government won't subsidize, say, their birth control or they play up a mythical wage, uh, a, a gender wage gap, okay? Um, I'd like for you to live one year how my mother lived when uh, my brother and I were five years old and three years old, okay? I'm just, I, I'm just telling you. So um, I, don't, I don't belittle your circumstances, but how I was raised, how I grew up with my mom having to endure what she did— not a lot. I'm not real sure that a lot of these uh, these women that are bemoaning some of these things um, could have endured what she did. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. So happy Mother's Day, Mom. Look forward to chatting with you real soon. And uh, I better go and call her right now. So AM 128 of the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. Godspeed, my friends. Hope to see many of you next week at the 100 Days event. Have a blessed week. Turn all of the light. Honey, have you seen the car keys? I think they're on the counter. Nope, I checked. How about in the drawer next to the fridge? I'm looking. They're not here. Misplacing household items is part of everyday life, but ensuring you're properly investing for the future is an issue you can't afford to overlook, yet many families do. At Nepsis Capital Management, we want you to find our keys, the four keys to investing for success. We understand the importance of having your financial house in order. That's why we provide the investment philosophy, strategy, flexibility, and transparency you need to unlock your investment. Don't get lost in the noise and traffic of today's complex investment environment. Call us at 952-746-2003 or visit our website at nepsiscapital.com. Our white paper, The Four Keys to Investing for Success, is completely free and available in our educational resource center. That's nepsiscapital.com or call us at 952-746-2003. Did you find them? Yep, let's get going to Nepsis. I'm ready to start investing for success. It's about your life and your money. It's the Dave Ramsey Show. A good friend of mine that's wealthy says when you're giving money, you're investing money. You're investing money in someone else's life. And if you were investing a dollar, you would not spend a lot of time analyzing that $1 investment. But if you were investing $1,000, you'd spend a lot of time. And so the more you give, the more due diligence you should have in the ministry or the charity that you are giving to. Listen to the Dave Ramsey Show every weekday evening at 5 on our sister station, Business 1440. Have you racked up more than $10,000 in credit card debt? Are you barely getting by making minimum payments? You should know. The credit card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out. Credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. There are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many people. They're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-518-4020. That's 800-518-4020. Do your hardwood floors look worn out and tired? Let Dave's Floor Sanding give your home a fresh new look. Take advantage of Dave's 90 cent per square foot buffing coat special and uncover the original beauty of your hardwood floors. Call for a free estimate for buff and coat, complete refinishing, or installation of a brand new floor. You've seen Dave's Floor Sanding's Red Vans for 40 years in the Metro. So give them a call at 763-784-3000 or online at davesfloorsanding.com. 
from the Nepsis Capital Management Studios. This is AM 1280, The Patriot, WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Intelligent Radio. With SRN News, I'm Gordon Griffin. Several high-profile candidates are said to be under consideration for FBI director, including a top U.S. senator. The list provided to the Associated Press is said to include about a dozen candidates, among them Senate Majority Whip John Cornyn of Texas and Representative Trey Gowdy of South Carolina. Senator Cornyn, who is the Senate's number two Republican, released a statement that says the Senate is his top priority. It reads, I have the distinct privilege of serving 28... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.